Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. One of the number one questions I get every single day is how am I going about investing for my kids when they're not even a thought right now and I don't have any kids? So in this episode, I wanted to walk you through how I'm going about doing it. That way, you know how you can invest for your kids, either currently if you have kids or if you plan on having kids into the future. So let's get into it. Welcome again to the next episode of the Better Wallet Podcast. As you guys know, the Better Wallet Podcast is all about the mystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. Today, we're going to talk about investing for your kids. And you might be asking, why am I so passionate about investing for your kids? A lot of that comes from the fact that, as you guys know, when my dad passed away in 09, when he passed away, we didn't have any money at all, right? So like when he passed away, there was no inheritance, there was no life insurance, there was no trust funds, right? There there was no savings, there was nothing, we had debt, right? So he had debt and he passed it on to us. And you might be asking, well, do you blame him? No, like he didn't know anything about investing. You know, he was raised poor, right? So he had to go into the military because his dad, died at an early age while he was in the military. And he is being my dad, had to take care of his family at a really young age. Not only his family, he had to take care of his mom. He had to take care of all of his younger siblings because he was the oldest. So instead of going off to college and learning everything about money and everything you could possibly learn while you're in college, he had to go off to the military. He had to go off to the Navy in order to take care of his family. So when he passed, because he didn't learn anything about finance, because he didn't have pages like you know a better wallet where he can learn more about investing, when he passed away, we didn't have any money and we struggled for years, you know, maybe four or five years afterwards until we were able to get on our own feet. Uh, because he was a breadwinner of the family and he worked a warehouse job, like he worked really, really hard. So it wasn't like he was, you know, feeding us money, feeding us an allowance every single week. He just, you know, made sure that things were good, right? If things really hit the fan, the shit really hit the fan. He was there for us. So, you know, as now that I'm an adult and, you know, things like having a child is, you know, top of mind, you know, now I want to make sure I'm able to invest for my kids and I want to do that before they are born. Another reason why this topic is big for me is because when I started at Vanguard, so a lot of you guys know, I started at Vanguard. My first job was in their rotational program. So you had a management leadership development program. In that program, they only choose about 20 people out of the country. But the cool thing is that you rotate through various departments. You learn from people who are more tenured, more older than you, right? And then from there, they launch you into a certain department as a specialist or a manager. Luckily, I was able to become a manager and became a manager in the 529 department within Vanguard. And the Vanguard 529 program and the college savings department in general is one of the top players in the space. So to learn at you know 22, 23, how to go about investing for your kids, how to go about investing for grandkids and things like that. The fact that I was able to learn that early in life, that's the reason why it is something I'm very passionate about. So 
with 529 for anyone who's like, what the hell is a 529? 529 is a college saving program. And with that, the true benefit is that you can put money into a 529. Not only is that contribution tax deductible depending on your state, but the money grows tax free. And the kicker is when you take the money out in order to pay for qualified medical or qualified educational expenses, you don't have to pay taxes on that. And you compare that to a brokerage account, like a traditional investing account, you would have to pay taxes on a traditional brokerage account, right? Any money that is earnings, you take that money out, you have to pay taxes on those earnings with a brokerage account, but with a 529, you do not. Uh, as long as it's going towards a qualified expense, like college, like laptops, like computers or uniforms. So we'll break that down here in a second. So when I was a manager, I purely opened up a 529, not because I wanted to invest for a future child. Like it was definitely not a thought at all back in 2012 through 2017, not even a thought, but I wanted to understand the operations behind the 529 accounts because as a manager, and if anyone on the line is in a position where they are in a management position or maybe a client facing position, you know enough about the client experience, but you might not know enough about the technology in the background, the emails, the communications that might be going out to the clients, right? That normally is a completely separate department. So I wanted to understand what that looked like. So I set up an account back in you know 2017. And at that time, I was putting money into the account. So here's how I'm going about doing it. This is how I'm going about investing for my kids. So the account is in my name, but I know that it's earmarked, right? Not technically, like I don't have the name on there anywhere, but like it's earmarked for my future child, Mark Jr. or whoever, like one of my daughter's name is going to be, right? It's earmarked for them. So I put my name on the account. I have my social on the account. I haven't invested very risky and very aggressively because I know I have time on my side, right? We have time between now and the time the child is born. And then from the time the child is born to the time that the child is going off to college or they might need the money, I have plenty of time. So that's why I'm taking on a little bit more risk because I have a longer time horizon. So now that I have the account set up, here's how you go about transferring it over to the child once they're born. As soon as they have a social security number, you can transfer the account over to the child. So you transfer it over, you can do, um, so with a 529, the cool thing is you can do a transfer to any person up to first cousins, completely tax-free. And that's not a play, that's not a trick. This is literally written in the tax code where you can transfer it to your child completely tax-free, transfer it to up to first cousin. So if my cousin Joe came around, he wanted a piece of the 529, I'm able to transfer that money to my cousin Joe if I really wanted to. So the child is born, the money then transfers over to Mark Jr.'s 529 account, which will be a, a separate account that I'll have set up for them, right? I have to make sure the social security number is on the account. And then the cool thing about a 529 is that you don't have to just use it for college. That's like the biggest misconception with a 529 is that you can only use it for college. You can use it for any expense that's a qualified expense up until, you know, even, you know, your PhD program you can use it for, right? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about elementary school. I'm talking about laptops. Kids now need laptops, which is crazy because 
laptops weren't even a thing when I was going to school, which is really itching me. You can use it for elementary school, private school, of course, going off to college, right? If my kid goes off to an academy and have to pay a tuition, I can use it for that. I can use it for uniforms, right? So any qualified expense per the IRS, I can use the money from the 529 program in order to pay that off. Also, if they take out any loans, I can use that money to pay for the loans as well, right? Which seems a little backwards, but there are situations where you might have to take a loan. You might not want to dip into the 529 money. You can use that money to pay for those loans. You have to make sure you're paying attention to the rules, but that is something that's in the IRS tax code, right? So if they don't need the money in elementary school, they can use it for college. You can use it for grad school. They can use it for their PhD as well. Those are all qualified expenses. The other cool thing, you know, is the fact that if they do not use the money, let's say I overfund it and I put too much money into the 529 account, which is a good issue. Ever since the beginning of last year, so Joe Biden signed a Secure Act 2.0. At the beginning of last year, he signed it. And at the end of this year, being 2023, you're going to be able, going into 2024, you're going to be able to roll over any excess 529 money into a Roth IRA. Now, there's some rules that are are a part of it, and I'll make sure that I tag the episode where I'm talking through all the rules of the 529, the Roth IRA rollover. I'll make sure I put those rules in the show notes. I actually have a whole podcast episode on that. But you are going to be able to roll over your 529 assets, anything that's unused, into a Roth IRA. Here is why that's a big deal. You can put money into a Roth IRA. The money grows tax-free. And then when you hit 59 and a half, being your child, when they hit 59 and a half, they can then take that money out of the account in order to pay for anything within retirement, right? Or they can use that money in order to pay for maybe $10,000 towards their uh, first principal resident, right? Like that is a rule with the five twenty or with the IRA, Roth IRA, is that you can take the money out tax-free and pay up to $10,000 towards your first principal residence. And a lot of people might be like, that's not enough. Home prices are really high. I'd much rather have $10,000 than zero. So work with me here, right? So that is the key to having a 529 is that you're able to then roll over those excess funds. Because a lot of times I hear from people that say, hey, like, you know, what if my kid doesn't go off to school? Uh, what if they don't use all the money? Not only can you transfer it to your, any person up to first cousins, as I mentioned, like Cousin Joe, uh, you can also transfer it into a Roth IRA, but make sure you're paying attention to the rules. And again, I'll link that podcast episode in the show notes. So I'm going to review it again so you guys know exactly how I'm going about investing for my kids before they are born. I set up a 529. I put the 529 in my name. I make sure it's invested aggressively because the kid isn't born yet. Once a kid is born, they have a social security number. I'm transferring that money from my 529 to their 529. And because they are up to first cousins, right? They're my child. Because they're my child, I can transfer it over tax-free. That is a rule with the 529. It's a provision within the 529. Then that money is going to be growing from the time that they were born to the time that they go off to college or the time that they use that money. But you want to make sure that that money is invested appropriately based off of the age of the child. Because the worst thing you could ever possibly do is keep that investment very aggressive 
from the time that they're born to the time they go off to school, it sounds great. But when they hit 17 or 18, and let's say 2020 happens again, which hopefully it never does again, right? The market could take a nosedive and they can lose a big portion of their portfolio within a small period of time, right? And that could not, that could be terrible, right? Luckily from 2020 to 2021, 2022, 2023, seems like things are bouncing back. But a lot of times it might take a lot, uh, a long time for everything to bounce back. And you only have four years of, of college, right? So that's, well, you can take on more, but normally people just do like undergrad, right? So assuming you don't go off to master, uh, get your master's or PhD. But that's how you go about doing it. And why is that a benefit? The best thing when it comes to investing, so the biggest factor when it comes to investing is time. The more time you have, the easier it is to reach your investing goals. The less time you have, the harder it is. It's just pure logic, right? So because of that, if you're investing for your child 5, 10, 15 years beforehand, because you know that either you're going to have a child or you're going to adopt a child, which I heavily recommend. I was adopted. I'm doing fine, right? Adopted, bring a child into the world, whatever it might be. If you already know, why would you not put money away early so then when they are born, they already have money set aside, right? You already have money set aside. So that's the reason why I'm doing it early so I don't have to worry about it later down the road. Enough so where I have about $15,000 in my 529 account. And I also have $5,000 in a traditional brokerage account that I plan on transferring over to a custodial brokerage account or a UTMA once the child is born. So that's how I'm going about doing it. That's how I'm investing for my child before they are born. If you're looking for new ways to go about investing for your kids, please click in the show notes. In the show notes, I have my free financially bulletproof checklist. Under the checklist on page number three, technically, on the right side, there is a section called investing. So the checklist has a lot in there. So make sure you go in if you are trying to get your finances in order. But on the right side, there's a section called investing. Under that is an area where I give you ways that you can go about investing for your kids. So if you're looking for new ways to invest for your kids or future kids, or you want to understand where you can open up an account, make sure you are clicking on that link, downloading that checklist. That way you have that in your back pocket. With that, thank you all for joining the Better Wallet podcast episode. And please, if you get any value from the podcast whatsoever, and I'm talking to you, person listening right now, yes, you, please leave a rating and review. Rate the podcast five stars, pretty please. And then also leave a review. I do all this for free. Frankly, I lose money doing this podcast episode. It costs me about $15,000 a year at least in order to produce and give out these episodes. So my only ask is that if you're getting any value from the podcast, please rate and review the podcast. That way we can get to more people that are looking for free ways of learning how to get their finances in order and invest for their kids. My hope is that I can reach someone that would have been you know, someone like my dad, right, who didn't know how to go about investing. And that led to an entire generation of kids not knowing how to invest. I want to make sure I'm changing people's lives. So 
you know, when, you know, your kids are born or your kids are born, they don't have to get out the mud like we had to. So please leave a rating and review for the podcast. I read all of them. And a lot of times I bring those reviews to the next podcast episode to encourage other people to go about rating and reviewing uh, the podcast. So I read it directly off. So thank you in advance. And with that, we're going to close. You guys have a great one. And I'll check you out on the next episode of the Bear Wallet Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.